0: Hello and welcome to the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast series. This series has been developed to assist you to master your health and well-being. Health is too hard when you try to go it alone, and we know that together we are healthier. Today on the show we'll be discussing knee arthritis with James Nelson. James graduated from Melbourne University over 20 years ago with a Bachelor of Physiotherapy. His career highlights include working overseas with the British forces in Germany helping rehabilitate military personnel and with elite athletes while based in Dublin. He is currently a Geelong Physiotherapy group where he has worked since the early 2000s. His particular interest area is in lower limb rehabilitation, in particular the hip and knee. On a daily basis he sees clients with knees of various presentations ranging from the younger athletic types returning to high-level function to assisting people in their attempts to delay or prevent surgery, whilst also helping those in post-operative rehabilitation following surgery, for example, ligament reconstruction or joint replacement surgery. James Nelson, welcome to the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast.
1: Thank you, Simon. Thank you for having me.
0: So firstly, can you explain to us what knee arthritis is? and explain the different types.
1: Certainly. So it might surprise some people that there's over 100 types of arthritis. Um, the one that most commonly affects knee is osteoarthritis. Um, I'll delve into that a bit more specifically, but in a nutshell on the ends of the major bones forming the knee joint, we have the femur or the thigh, the top of the tibia or the shin bone, and the hind portion or the back portion of the kneecap being the patella, there's a layering of cartilage. And osteoarthritis goes through a few phases, but the ultimate end phases there is degeneration and wearing of that articular cartilage. Differential types of arthritis, it can affect the knee. There's rheumatoid arthritis. That's an autoimmune disease that affects the synovial membranes around the joint. There is psoriatic arthritis, another autoimmune arthritic disease that um, is closely associated with a skin condition, psoriasis. There is gout, which can be a terribly painful inflammatory arthritis of the knee, and that involves build-up of uric crystals in the knee joint. And then there's a pseudogout, there's a build-up of calcium pyrophosphate crystals in the knee so that it's not as common as true gout but it is more likely to affect the knee itself than uh, true gout so getting back to osteoarthritis the more common one to affect the knee it's terribly common there's about one in 11 people in australia that have osteoarthritis so that's currently over 2.2 million australians living um, experiencing trying to manage osteoarthritis things that will uh, determine whether we experience or suffer from osteoarthritis there are Modifiable factors and some of those are if we happen to be overweight, if we're not strong enough in key supportive muscles, our lifestyle, recreational habits over over many years. If we play a lot of high impact sports, netball or our local football codes that can lead to degeneration of the cartilage or lifestyle wise, maybe those have been farming or laboring, doing a lot of bending, kneeling, squatting, carrying a lot of excessive load on the joints That can that can lead to it as well. Or if you've had previous trauma maybe sporting injuries in our more younger active years that can lead to degeneration so they're what we term modifiable factors and then there are certain factors that we can't modify such as our age our gender or our uh, genetic disposition so with age it is true that the older we get the more prone we are to developing these degenerative changes in the cartilage but being older itself doesn't necessarily dictate that you will develop osteoarthritis in terms of gender women are more prone to developing osteoarthritis, Interestingly, more in the hands and the knees. Men have a higher incidence of osteoarthritis in the hips. And in terms of um, our heredity, um, certain people are more prone to having delicate cartilage, which it just doesn't um, endure loads through it as well as others. So if someone else in your family has osteoarthritis, it probably unfortunately means you are more likely to develop that as well. With osteoarthritis, it primarily in its more advanced stages affects that end layering of cartilage in the joint, but there are other structures that are affected as well. So there is an articular capsule that surrounds and supports the knee joint, and that can become affected. Within the capsule is synovial or joint fluid, and the role of that fluid is to lubricate and provide nutrition and nourishment to the cartilage also within the joint are ligaments and other pads of cartilage called meniscus Um, they can also be affected so in a situation where multiple areas of the joint can be affected a lay term an appropriate lay term could be joint failure much as kidney failure or cardiac failure can be used to describe dysfunction of those organs joint failure is not a bad way of looking at how a knee can just start to dysfunction it can start to degenerate become painful the muscles around it become tight and weak and really affect how we function.
0: How do we get diagnosed with knee arthritis? And what sort of symptoms would people experience if they have knee arthritis and you would suggest it's time to go and get the diagnosis if they're experiencing these symptoms?
1: So I think traditionally we would have relied predominantly on imaging, so x-rays and scans. So on an x-ray, for example, someone with more advanced arthritis, you'll see wearing... Of that articular cartilage you can't actually see the cartilage on an x-ray film but if it's worn you'll see that the joint space is narrowed somewhat beneath the surface on the ends of the bones, you can get um, fluid filled cavities called cysts that also suggests that there is some arthritic change going on little bony growths called osteophytes they can grow around the margins of the joint so all these things we can see on x-ray and they would suggest that there's an arthritic degenerative process underway More recently, um, with more up-to-date scanning, MRIs will also show these changes and maybe with a bit more sensitivity. Um, But people will often develop symptoms of arthritis well before we can see these changes on imaging. So we can often make a clinical diagnosis. So if someone is of an age where we would expect they might have some arthritic change, Um, someone has a hot and swollen knee, it might click and crack a bit, Uh, they might report pain or symptoms with movement or loading pressure on the joint the more advanced the arthritis becomes that can turn into pain at rest or overnight and they might describe stiffness or soreness after inactivity so typically first thing in the morning or if they've been sitting for a while and difficulty performing normal everyday activities as walking getting up from a chair ascending descending stairs bending squatting if people tick enough of those boxes then you can often make a clinical diagnosis whether we need to go and then scan or x-ray might depend if we, how well we can manage them in that phase.
0: So how does physiotherapy um, assist?
1: Sure. So currently there's no known way of curing cartilage loss, unfortunately, but physiotherapy, we can, we can manage osteoarthritis really well if we capture it early enough, if someone's being diagnosed fairly early on in their arthritic um, journey or even sometimes later on. Uh, physiotherapy can look at improving joint function and really managing symptoms so clinical guidelines and all the evidence these days is pointing towards the first line treatment approach of education and exercise and where applicable weight loss so those three things together if we can um, address them appropriately make some gains we can have a really significant effect on how arthritis behaves we can't make the arthritis go away, but we could really dramatically affect how the arthritis behaves.
0: So what can someone expect when they go through uh, physio <laughs> treatment for this condition?
1: So when someone goes along to a physiotherapist, so initially the physio will have a good chat to the client that comes in and work out how their knee affects them. Everyone's knee arthritis story is a bit different. Um, so the arthritis, the degree of irritability will vary, and then also the person's recreational, lifestyle, occupational demands, that will all vary as well. So we need to get a good, clear idea of how it affects them individually. If people happen to have had x-rays or scans, they can be viewed and and discussed as well. And then the joint itself needs to be assessed. So we need to have a look at the joint and have a look at the amount of movement in the knee joint. Um, Importantly, the strength in the key muscles that support and stabilise the knee joint as well. Look at the stability of the joint. And then having... um, come up with a bit of an assessment we'll look at some functional movements see actually how much it is affecting them might be simple tests like sitting up from or getting into standing from sitting in a chair walking going up and downstairs performing a few squats or doing some strength tests to then formulate an initial plan of giving them some education and then really working out a level appropriate exercise program for them um, and again if there's any weight loss that needs to be um, addressed then that's a good time to start talking about that as well
0: how many sessions can someone expect to go through with a physio for for knee arthritis
1: that will vary from client to client so for someone to get a better understanding of the nature of osteoarthritis and that can be a difficult thing to get a good understanding around because there's a lot of common myths out there about arthritis especially being a wear and tear disease whereby just um, everyday activity will be detrimental to the joint and that's simply not the case there is some tinkering around to do with exercises to start at a good level and then give them ideas on appropriate ways to progress which is necessary and then there's a weight loss component as well so look some people might be able to glean a good understanding and get some good pathways within half a dozen or so sessions others choose to work a bit more closely with their physio and have a bit more of a supervised or guided intervention program
0: is there a common age that people can get knee arthritis? Uh,
1: yes. So, again, the older we become, the higher the incidence, the more prevalent osteoarthritis is. So there's a increasing scale with age. Um, studies suggest that about 5% of 35 to 54-year-olds that have knee arthritis probably have it due to a previous trauma Again, maybe sporting injury in their younger days and it's then starting to become an issue. Then there's a statistic of 30% of 50 to 70-year-olds have some affliction with osteoarthritis and then the incidence just gets higher um, as, the, as the age increases. But again, just simply getting older doesn't dictate that you will get arthritis and that you have to get arthritis. There are other factors as well.
0: And what about heat and cold therapy? Can you, can you tell us about that and how that works, what it affects?
1: Sure. So these modalities can provide some good symptomatic relief. Part of osteoarthritis or the itis in the name infers that there's um, often uh, some inflammation as part of that process. So the application of heat um, can provide some good relief. Typically, we find heat gives a bit more relief than cold or or ice. Um, So that's generally our first recommendation and people can often relate to that. And they might think, well, when I go up to Queensland or head north over the colder months, it behaves completely differently. Um, people will swear black and blue. They can tell a change in weather, whether it's on their doorstep or a couple of days in advance, they, they know uh, whether it's a, an actual temperature or a barometric change in their needs, so whether temperature can affect the knee. So for those that find cold, aggravating Heat can be really nice, so applying a heat pack to the knee, that can give the brain something else, a pleasant distraction to process other than the pain itself. By applying heat to the knee, that can also increase the circulation around the knee, and if there is some inflammation trapped in around that knee joint, the increase in circulation can help flush out the inflammation. That can give some relief. Um, And also if the muscles around the knee um, are tight and a bit irritable, it can help relax them, and that can help them be a bit more comfortable and function a bit better as well. If by chance someone says a cold actually works for them, well, that's fine. They can equally use cold packs or ice packs. There's no danger to that, but we just tend to see that heat's commonly a bit more relieving. So that can be administered simply with a heat pack. Some people find a hot shower relieving enough. If people don't have difficulty getting into and out of a bath, then they can partially or totally submerge their knee and do some gentle range of motion exercises. And that's also where hydrotherapy can come into its own where hydrotherapy-specific pools are kept at a nice warm 34 degrees, so it's a lovely warm temperature to exercise in with the added um, benefits of the buoyancy as well to take some pressure off off the knee joint.
0: Now, you mentioned previously uh, around weight loss and, and people... Um may need to lose a bit of weight so there's a bit of education uh, around that can you talk us through what other sort of education process is involved in managing a client's arthritis
1: so education is really key to get a good understanding of what uh, acceptable types and amounts of exercise what acceptable levels of pain to experience through exercise are um, and then with a better understanding people become a bit more compliant have a better buy as to why they're doing the exercises so it all works well together so with the articular cartilage or the joint lining cartilage um, it's in a constant degenerative and regenerative phase we tend to run into troubles if the degeneration of that cartilage outweighs um, the regeneration so in terms of what naturally helps regenerate the cartilage is a process we call dynamic loading so a good analogy if you imagine a sponge that is wet it's got containing water if you squeeze that sponge, water will exit and leave the sponge. If you relieve pressure on the sponge, the water will be drawn back into the sponge. So that's not a bad analogy for what happens with the articular cartilage and the synovial joint fluid. So with dynamic loading, walking, for example, there's pressure on, pressure off. When pressure's applied to the cartilage, that synovial fluid exits the cartilage, and when we take pressure off, then it's got the ability to re-enter the cartilage and within that synovial fluid, there's um, nutrients so it provides nutrition and nourishment to the cartilage. Also, that helps the uh, regeneration of new cartilage. So it's important to also get new cartilage in there to increase its ability to absorb load and shock. So that's, that's important to get across with the nature of articular cartilage health. Um, so that happens with moderate loading. So we run into trouble if we have either extreme of loading. So excessive loading would be playing high-impact sports, netball, football, maybe through your junior 20s into your 30s. So a lot of high-impact can be an excessive load. Or again, if someone's done a lot of farming or labouring, a lot of heavy load over a long period of time, that's what we deem excessive load. Or if someone's largely leading an inactive or a sedentary lifestyle, there's... Um, and insufficiency in load through the joint. So it's not getting the benefit from that dynamic loading. So that's important to get across about the nature of what is a good amount of load for articular cartilage. And then also with exercise, it also makes sense. We need to exercise keep those key muscles strong so that they can support the joint structures adequately. Um, They can help us perform our daily function requirements like getting up from a chair, squatting, going up and down stairs, Um, And really, while we're doing that, it's enabling function, but also removing excessive joint loads from the knee joint itself.
0: So what about cortisone injections? I've I've heard a lot about Uh, uh, them. Um, What's your opinion on them?
1: So cortisone injections certainly have a role to play. I think historically they might have had too great a role to play, but we're getting a better understanding of when they are useful and when they're um, desirable. So cortisone injections can be useful when a knee is really acutely inflamed. So with a cortisone injection, that's directly administering a strong anti-inflammatory medication directly into the knee joint. So if a knee is hot and swollen and obviously inflamed, that can give us a good amount of symptomatic relief. So a good result would be significant relief over a long period of time. A not so good result would be, well, it may have given a little bit of relief or some amount of relief, but not for very long at all. So cortisone injections need to be used fairly judiciously and ideally uh, not repeatedly repeatedly. So if someone is having uh, multiple cortisone injections, we'd like to think they've fallen under the radar of an orthopedic surgeon to oversee why that is happening. And we'd also like to think if they're undergoing cortisone injections, they've at least tried a more conservative-based approach as well before they come to that.
0: So what about surgery?
1: So there's a few lines of approach. So what what physio will generally present is what we call the first-line approach. So that's the education, exercise, and weight loss if need be. Second line approach is where we still try the first line approach coupled with maybe some medicative pain relief. They might be more simple anti-inflammatories, oral anti-inflammatories or analgesics. Some people may use gait aids to try and take like a stick to try and take pressure off the joint or orthotic devices in a shoe to change or alter the force loads through the knee. Some people might try short bursts of some passive treatments from their therapist massage or tens or acupuncture so that's our second line approach should be done still in conjunction with being mindful of the nature of the condition and still trying to get it strong so if the first and second line approach aren't seeming to be working and they're presenting to an orthopedic surgeon that's really the time surgery to be considered the more and more research we're getting we're seeing that arthroscopic surgery is probably not advisable for osteoarthritic knees. The results of that form of surgery is really looking pretty similar to a conservative management, not terribly different, but there will always be people who develop advanced arthritis. They've tried everything else and really given it a good go. Um, So that's the third line approach considering uh, surgery, which would be a knee replacement.
0: With all that in mind, is it still safe to do your regular exercise exercise? if you've been diagnosed with knee arthritis, what sort of changes would you advise in your exercise routine?
1: Yes, definitely safe to exercise, definitely advisable to exercise. Again, getting back to the education. So we want to debunk the myth that everyday activity will contribute to a wear and tear degenerative process, which is simply not the case. Um, So as discussed before, the articular cartilage in the joint it really wants that moderate loading. It needs that to keep some lubrication and to try and help rep- replenish and nourish the joint cartilage. Um, again, the excesses in either direction of exercise, that's where we fall into danger of too much excessive load through the joint or really an, an inadequate amount of loading through the joint. So, yeah, so we really need to keep that um, everyday activity, exercise continuous while addressing the strength. Strength gains that we need. So, initially, it was thought that the key muscles supporting the knee, being the muscles at the front of the thigh, the quadriceps at the back of the thigh, the hamstrings, and a bit higher up around the hip, being the gluteals, that they would probably weaken because someone has an arthritic knee and the knee emits pain. And then, as a result, there's muscle inhibition and muscle wasting, which certainly can happen. But now we're thinking more so that perhaps an inadequacy in the strength of the muscles may lead. To extra forces through the joint and then it sets that process but whichever the cause the chicken or the egg pain in the knee will get weaker and that will provide less support to the joint and that will get more load on it and it will probably become more symptomatic and the muscles will get weaker again so we've really got to pitch some good regular strengthening exercises at those muscles
0: what are those strengthening exercises that people can do
1: um, so that will be different for different people right because the exercise needs to be at least somewhat challenging if it's if we gave everyone the same exercise, some people would probably be too much, others it wouldn't be nearly enough, and you'd get capture a small population that would be just right. But even for that population, they would need to progress in advance. So um, some exercises may well be doing a straight lying down, doing a straight leg raise, lifting the leg up off the, uh, off the floor or the couch, um, doing some bridging, working the muscles over the back. But we, we really like to work more into more resistance, more exertive exercises where we're using either equipment in a gym or you can easily um, do some resisted exercise using TheraBand resistance bands at home but that needs to be individually assessed and work out where the appropriate level is at the time so
0: what if you're experiencing pain when exercising when is some pain okay
1: (laughs) so pain with exercising perfectly acceptable we just want to get the levels right so bearing in mind probably most people will seek our help if they're experiencing pain not too many people go to their health professional saying, my knee feels a bit stiff, but no, there's no pain at all. Pain is normally the overriding factor to get people to seek some help. So it can be unrealistic to expect if they already have a painful knee, that we're going to encourage them to exercise and it's not going to be painful. So we're really looking at additional or acceptable levels of pain. When we're doing strength exercises, starting or embarking on something new they haven't done for a while at least, we would expect and want some awareness in the muscles that they've been working. Over time, this will adapt. They'll get stronger. They won't get that pain. And then we need to work them harder in the muscles. In the joint itself, we need to have a good understanding of what their underlying regular levels of pain are. Initially with exercise, a small incremental increase in that pain is, is okay as long as it's doing sensible exercise. Um, and again, we want that pain, if there is a small increase, to return to what their normal pain is by the next day. And over time, if we get those two levels right where we can work the muscles fairly hard to about a 7 or 8 out of 10 exertion or keeping their joint pain to about a 2 or 3 um, out of 10, then we can usually make some really good gains. We get some good strength gains and we get a lot more support of the knee joint and it usually behaves a lot better.
0: Does being overweight affect knee arthritis?
1: It uh, certainly can do. So in simple terms, being overweight, most people could appreciate this. There is more load through the knee and the hip as well. Uh, But interestingly, those that are overweight, also we see a higher incidence in hand osteoarthritis. So that's not going to be a weight-bearing consideration. The exact link is not really known, but early research is suggesting that those who are carrying a bit of excess Fat or adipose tissue really changes how we produce, process, and metabolise inflammation. And we know that inflammation has a role to do with arthritis. So there are a couple of um, links to being overweight and having arthritis. Um, In terms of load through the knee joint, specifically when we're walking, each step there's approximately two to three times our actual body weight loading through the joint. And that's with an acceptable normal Uh, bmi or body weight so if we have any excessive weight on top of that every kilo effectively there's two to three kilos in excess again going through a knee joint so that could be bad news for a joint that's got a compromised ability to absorb and deal with load if the cartilage is degenerating if the muscles are a bit weak and they're not doing a good enough job of, of dealing and absorbing that load removing it from the joint um but the good news is if we can work well and actually do some regular exercise and lose some weight, there's a lot of load we can effectively remove off the knee. And that's really where trying to get better educated by doing some regular exercise, uh, we can generate some better cartilage health by getting stronger and ideally losing a bit of weight. And if we can do that in a fashion that we enjoy, we can have some really significant benefits on how an arthritic knee will behave
0: so if people want to find out more information about how to do all that is there some resources or websites that you'd recommend
1: there certainly are arthritis australia is a good resource as always so they can be found on www.arthritisaustralia.com.au. Um, there is a good internationally recognized conservative management program called the glad program that's g l a d and that stands for good living with arthritis Denmark so it's um, a conservative management platform aimed at knee and hip arthritis they've got some good information on www.gladaustralia.com.au um, and another one www.myjointpain.org.au all provide some good information.
0: James Nelson thank you very much for joining us today on the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast.
1: Thank you very much Simon. Cheers.
0: It's a new dawn in health insurance because GMHBA are partnering with AIA Vitality to encourage us
1: to be healthier by rewarding healthy choices. Join GMHBA V Plus with AIA Vitality to earn real rewards for health checks, exercising, even eating well. Changing how you think about health insurance for life. GMHBA and AIA
0: Vitality. Healthier together.